Hello, and welcome to the Parental Advisory Movie Podcast. We are your hosts, Jeff Hall and Patrick Terry. We're two dads with a love for movies. Join us as we discuss movies we have seen with our kids, as well as movies we have seen without them. For the first time in a while, I could say this. Good evening, Patrick. <laughs> Good evening, Jeff. <laughs> It's been a while, man, since we've recorded on the nighttime sketch. So it's uh, it's nice. It's weird. It's weird because I did uh, I did ask, <laughs> try and have to remember. Well, you know, from Saturday, you know, uh, you know, two days. No, that was yesterday. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, but yeah, man. Uh, good evening, my friend. How are you? Pretty good. Um, it's a little warm this weekend. It's been hot. I went outside and threw something in the washer in a trash can. I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna stay inside today." Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, uh, you brought the sponge back. He brought back the SpongeBob meme. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm gonna stay. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of heading out, I'm gonna stay. Yeah. In. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's pretty much the whole weekend. I didn't. I just decided to stay in. Cause I'm like, it's just. It's too much. Yeah. Yeah. Our meanwhile, we're like, well, I was at work yesterday, obviously, and then, um, and then uh, they went out and did a couple of things while I was at work, and then today we, uh, well, they even after they've already had a full day, Grace wanted to go in our little pool, and I'm like, I don't know, it's gonna be dark here soon. Just let me just chill, and then. You know, it's probably, well, maybe we can go to the big pool tomorrow. So yeah. she's like, all right. <laughs> she's like, and of course, you know, she's already like getting her notebook out, writing it down in the calendar. <laughs> we'll make sure first she reminds thing, you. Man, first thing in the morning. <laughs> she's ready to go ahead and change clothes into her swimsuit, mind you, not leaving for like two or three hours. But yeah. she read. And, you know, noon comes around, like. Yeah, I didn't get off the couch. <laughs> kind of that door. Yeah, it's like yeah. I'm waiting, like waiting at the door. I already got my clothes ready to go. We're I'm all set. Let's do this. Yeah, York's like, yeah, I guess I'll get ready too. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I guess that means we need to get up. But yeah, I went to the pool for a couple hours. Yeah, York did a couple of uh, dives off the diving board. Just yeah, it just killed me, man. Because he, I don't know if he was trying to do a flip, or if he was just trying to dive, and he yeah. just the angle right. But man, his chest and his face went straight in, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh God, that's gotta hurt." Dang. Fast forward to we're about to leave, and I'm like, "All right, I guess I'll I'll give it a couple of tries." And Ruth's like, "Are you sure you're sure that's a good idea?" I'm like, "Why wouldn't it be?" Well. You know, you're not, you know, you're not young. I'm like, I'm fairly young, thank you. And it hasn't been that long since I've been on the diving board. So I got this. Yeah. I said, I'm not trying to do anything fancy. It's just jumping and diving. It's literally diving in. Like, I got that covered. Right. I said, I'm not there trying to, you know, bust triple axles or whatever the hell it is. You know, they do up, do up there. And I'm not trying to be one of these young kids doing these twists and turns and whatnots. I'm like, jump, dive in. If I, you know, if I ended up getting a wild hair, getting a wild hair, uh, I probably would have tried to flip. But I'm like, 
Nah, I've got too much on front that's going to keep me from <laughs> from getting that full rotation. So I'm like, yeah, maybe not. So I got so so so, and of course, you know, uh, so I go up there, you know, and Grayson decides she's going to join us now too, and that she's going to go on the diving board with her floaties and everything. Yeah. Now that I've gone and done it, she's now going to go and do it. And that's kind of one of the main reasons why I went to go. Not really just to do it, but because I knew if I went, I knew Grayson finally would. Because she kept saying no, no. And so finally she got so she got up there and just went right off and then just jumped. Wow. I, like she'd been doing it this whole this whole time. But no, Was she, it a pretty high or pretty? It's, it's decent size. Yeah. We'll just say a decent size. I mean, for a bit. No, no. The high one was that this idiot here decided to go on. <laughs> I'd say, you know what? I got this same one York was in. You know, I'll go yeah. to. I got it. You know. And then he goes before me. And he jumps and just belly. I'm not really not straight up belly flops. He calls it frog jumps or, or he kind of holds his, you know, like his legs are back up kind of like a frog. Yeah. Man, his stomach and his face yet again. So I'm like, two, what? two other times did full full ass uh flip rotations so he completed flip rotation and everything beautiful i got him on video and everything and but this time just the guy but the kid behind me goes oh god that's gotta really hurt i said i was i said i I was thinking the exact same thing yeah and yeah he he said (laughs) he said his jaw hurt for when he went (laughs) dang it's like dang man so i could yeah, so I get up there, and you know the whole time I'm going, I was like, oh, this no, you know, it's just diving boards, no big deal. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not York's age, you know, up there, you know, scared to death, and it's going to take forever. No, I get up there, and I'm, I'm climbing up there, and you know, the whole time I'm up there, I'm like, all right, this is no big deal. And then I get all the way up there, and I'm like, what the hell am I thinking being up here? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, well, this is a really stupid decision that I made here. But you're and up there. And there's a butterfly at the very end Dang. of the diving board. I'm like, bro, you're going to need to go. <laughs> Fly away, man. Fly away. <laughs> Otherwise, I might be jumping and trying to hold on to your tiny little legs. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, you know, like, all right, let's go do this. So, I'm like, I, I mean, either which way, water's down there. I'm going to need to go. Yeah. You know, nothing's going to stop it. So, I go, I jump, and I'm you know, in my brain, I've got this perfect arc of a dive going in. In reality, I went about a foot out. And then I knew my legs didn't get the full extension. I'm like, almost like a U-shape going down. My head's down, my right. arms are out, and my legs are straight down. And I just go, kaboosh. I'm like, yeah. I, I was like, oh, crap. And Looking then, like a half-open pocket knife. Yeah, damn near. <laughs> I just, it was... <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's not how I planned it. And it didn't hurt, surprisingly. Um, it just felt foolish. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I'm like, all right, well, I want to go on the smaller one. <laughs> I'm go on the one Grayson's going on, see if I have better luck. Yeah. And uh, Ruth said, I thought you slipped when I right before I jumped. I said, yeah. no, there's a damn butterfly up there. I was trying not to step on it because it wasn't moving at all. And uh, so, no, I didn't slip. I just was trying to not kill a butterfly. I said, because I care about, I said, because I care about nature. 
<laughs> yeah, last thing you need is a butterfly effect. <laughs> exactly, straight up. Oh my yep. god! <laughs> Did you ever watch that movie? It's been forever, and I think yeah. I only watched it in a the theater. Yeah, so I hadn't seen no, it since I, then. I, I I rented it and was like, I didn't completely hate this movie. I actually kind of liked it. I never watched the second one because I mean, for why? So, um, so the second diving board attempt, this the shorter one. I went up there and boom, and then got got the air in the distance of that the trajectory. There we go. That's the word that I was aiming for and actually succeeded so i was like yes there so then go. i got out and i was like i'm done <laughs> two's good i just try each one good and then grayson went on like four more times that's cool but yeah so everybody had a, everybody had a good time and york got a couple more flips in so that's yeah but yeah so we had a, a good time it was uh <laughs> i don't think i'll be going on the diamond board for a while but at least i've done it yeah. So I'm good for another four or five years, I guess. So, so real quick, TV or streaming, whichever. Small screen. There we go. Yeah. Um, I did watch Sweet Tooth. Um, I finished. Let me rephrase that because I had started last week. I had finished Sweet Tooth. I tried not to binge it. I just kind of took my time. Mm-hmm. an episode a day pretty much and just did it that way and it made it a lot easier to get through and more enjoy and honestly really more enjoyable because i would i didn't i wanted to know what was happening next because you know every episode cliffhanger and all that right i really wanted to know not enough that i needed to hurry up to get you know get through it i was like I'm going to pace myself and, you know, just enjoy each episode instead of just trying to hurry through it just so I could say I've hurried through, you know. Just try to get, let them sink in, marinate a little bit, and then. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I've been a fan of the comics and of the the creator, uh, Jeff Lemire, um, for a good hot minute. So I was really kind of taking my time with this, really enjoying it on the, and they did such a great job. And this, you know, this movie says, well, according to IMDb, the ratings TV 14. But really, it's I'd be OK letting Grayson watch this because there's no real like violence. There's no blood in it. Um, you know, there's not really any language on, that I can think of. You know, it's I mean, there is violence, but it's not violence. It's like yeah. Marvel superhero violence almost it's just you know it's very mild at best um, but about a boy who's half human and half deer survives in a post-apocalyptic world with other hybrids and uh, so the the actor nonzo and Inozi, there we go nonzo Inozi plays tommy jeffrey he was the if you ever watched the Cinderella uh, live action movie that Disney did. He played the captain in that. He was art artist in Conan the Barbarian. Uh, he's been in some other things. Uh, oh, he was the butler in Artemis Fowl. That's not his fault. <laughs> I don't think. Um, played Charles in the Laundromat. Uh, he was in the TV show Zoo that was on CBS. If uh, anybody remembers that show, I really enjoyed it. 
I believe it's on Netflix now or one of the streaming services. And he, uh, in the movie Seven Days in Entebbe, he played the president, Idi Amin, in it. Anyways, great character actor. I really enjoyed him. Um, I really like him in this role. Um, he's, you know, he's a very large uh, in stature. Um, very uh, intimidating, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. But he's very, he's he's got a lot of heart. And, you know, he a lot of empathy for what, for the hybrids. And then, and uh, it comes out, you know, kind of towards the end of the, I think six or, or either episode seven or eight. that explains everything, which is pretty cool. The guy that, the kid that plays Gus Christian Convery is very good. I really like him a lot. Um, and then... Stefania Lavi Owen plays Bear, who's also a really great character and a good um, kind of smartass that plays off of uh, Jeopard. So they have a nice little love-hate relationship there. And then James James Brolin, not Josh, but James Brolin is the narrator throughout the series. So okay. that's pretty cool, too. Um, I would definitely recommend it. It's super good. It's eight episodes, and they're an hour long. You know, or 42 minutes, whatever. Yeah. But they're a long form, I guess you could say. TV show, not a short, short one. Uh, but yeah, I definitely recommend anybody watching that. It's on Netflix. Check it out. Sweet tooth. And then here we are again with Marvel. Yep. Our next series Loki. Loki Pokey Stick has, ret- Loki has returned from. Uh, to us, merciful villain Loki resumes his role as the god of mischief in a new series that takes place after the events of Avengers Endgame with the Time Variance, I forgot, the Agency, TVA? Yeah, TVA, Authority. Yes, um, yeah. Authority, whatever. <laughs> uh, so it seemed, it just feels like it's very Doctor Who-ish to me, at least. I see a lot of themes of that in there um, while watching this, but mm-hmm. it it it's serious but very funny at the same time because in its quirky kind of way. Yeah, and it, you know it's you could tell at some point Loki's going to get the feels just like everybody else that has died and then gotten a show on Disney Plus. Have his moment. Yep, yeah, have his moment, and he kind of had his moment a little bit in the first episode. Yeah, I, I was because when they, you know, they were talking, having a conversation, I was wondering if there was going to be a drawn out thing, like maybe two more episodes, then it happens. But no, they went ahead and kind of like had a Loki. This is your life. <laughs> yes, more or less. Yeah, and um. I didn't know what to expect from the show. Like even like I like I'd only watched the initial trailer. I didn't watch yeah. anything after that. Right. And then Same. after watching this episode, I went back and watched the remaining ones. And I'm like, I'm glad I didn't because they kind of show a lot more that I kind of want to. Yeah. Wait and see as it as the yeah. show unfolds because we only have five more. It's like six episodes. But um, this is a good, pretty strong pilot. First or, episode. Yeah, first kinda, episode. Yeah, to kind of get you. So what the pilot does and does well is introduce you to the new characters 
Yeah. Kind of. You know, other than Loki, obviously. Um, Owen Wilson's Mobius. Do you think they designed his character to look like to look like Tony Stark's dad? Because the entire time I'm thinking Owen Wilson looks like Tony Stark's dad in this, with the graying hair and the mustache. Yeah, I didn't think about that before. But <laughs> it looks like Howard, Howard Stark, like, just like, like the, the John Slattery version of of Tony Stark's dad. Yeah. So I can kind of see that, you know, just like certain features. Yeah. And he seems like he's really kind of really studied Loki because he he knows he knows yeah. him. You know, like with that scene where like um, Loki says, "I don't like to talk," and it's like, "Well, you're good at lying because you just did that." Right. <laughs> and um, but I like their back and forth. They they really play they off each other good, well. Yes, they do bounce off each other well and have really good banter going on. So yeah. that's also kudos to the to the uh, script too. Yeah. So. And then um, uh, one one thing that, that stood out that was kind of like um, that. Well, just think about it. You know, it starts off, goes back to 2012 with the Avengers movie. Yeah. And then, as you see in, in the trailer, he gets apprehended. And when they caught him, you know, he takes a shot to the face and he had the slow motion with his lips. Just right. And so I was like, wow, they're lingering on this this little slow-mo, but then you realize he's just moving at a slower pace yes. because they slowed him down. And I was like, man, that's, that's horrible. Like, like not too long ago, you got smashed by the Hulk and now this. Right. So Loki's having a very bad day, <laughs> but he, it's all, it's all deserved though. Like, yeah, I mean, that's true. You want to feel bad. You want to feel bad for him, but he's such a pain in the butt that yeah. that's kind of what, like he deserves all those things, but at the same time, they do a, what. One thing they've always done with this character throughout the series is make you really dislike him, but then he'll do something that you kind of like. Okay, I kind of feel bad for him at the same time. Like he, like that's hard to do. <laughs> Leaves you conflicted, and they pull it off. Well. Yeah, yeah. So I'm supposed to hate him, but I can't because <laughs> like, I, I understand. But I also don't trust him. <laughs> no, never. It's like Ric Flair. Like never Ric trust Flair. him. Ah, can't. <laughs> wow. But um, <laughs> but there's like there's um one line in here that he said that that stuck with me because it kind of you know real worldish. But um, you know when Owen's trying to tell him like you know you're not do you enjoy hurting people? Right. And he's like he doesn't. He you know. But he's like, because it's a part of the illusion, um, it's the cruel, elaborate <clears throat> trick conjured by the weak to inspire fear. Yeah. And so I was like, man, that's, yeah, that's a yeah. lot of stuff that's been going on and goes on. Yeah. And, but yeah, you know, he basically he's someone that he's really kind of weaker than he says because yeah. he's got to do this to put himself in this position, you know. So I'm like, wow, he's made himself vulnerable. I'm like, okay. Yep. But he's probably still going to do some things. You're like, man, wow. You're the god of mischief. <laughs> but I really don't see a whole... You're the god of mischief. And yet, I don't really see a whole lot of mischief going on. Yeah. <laughs> wow, Loki. Wow. <laughs> I'm still working on my Owen Wilson impression. It's not bad. No, it's not bad. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. But I'm, I'm ready for the 
for how this show was gonna play out because um yeah it's gonna be i think it's gonna, it's gonna be a good season it's gonna be another good one i think it's gonna yeah and it's definitely i think gonna have i think a lot of doctor strange like elements that's gonna have like i think this will have more of an effect with doctor strange than i think even one division because yeah. i'm almost you know just from what i've seen just from this episode because you know they were really toying with morpheus being the villain in one division but now i'm kind oh, of mephisto yeah. mephisto thank you yeah. whatever, whatever. <laughs> I, it's I, not the matrix yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> you don't know that yeah, that's true that's true we are dealing with time and yes uh who knows yeah but yeah <laughs> but yeah it, you know there's some elements that they've shown in different uh parts of this series already that i'm like huh well, i wonder if now mephisto is actually going to be the one that's going to be the villain and that at some point he really will pop up or if it's just going to be like some some like mass singer thing where on Messinger, every judge always thinks that at least three different times throughout the season that whoever the mass singer is in the outfit that they're listening to, they yeah. seem to think it's Jamie Foxx without fail. Hands down, they think it's Jamie Foxx. Yeah. And then uh, they had some character that didn't sing. They He just kind of did different clues and everything. I'm like... Shit, that's gonna be Jamie Foxx right there. He ain't gonna be singing. He's gonna screw him up on a, on something like this, right? Uh, spoiler: Not Jamie Foxx. Instead, it was Donnie Wahlberg. So that's just as funny because Jenny's one of the uh, judges and didn't even recognize her own husband. So, Dang. That was amazing. Yeah, that was awesome. That's even better. So, yeah. But in the end, you know, I'm I'm, I'm kind of wondering if. If they're just kind of showing glimpses, like it might be, that's or you know just a red herring is not nothing at all, and then and it could be another character in the universe. Exactly. Of Marvel. You so. and I, I don't know because it's Marvel, and I'm not as well well educated. Yeah, that's a more that, of a Jack, that's more of a Jackie Cation question. I think I, I did watch some people doing their discussion about the first episode and what they think everything the little clues meant um they did mention a character that i'm not familiar with at all but uh i don't know you can always so. look it up just yeah. <laughs> it's like i don't know so, who that i mean is. I'm, yeah i'm gonna look it up but it's yeah. like i don't know like oh i mean it kind of sounds familiar like maybe i've i've seen it before but right i kind of so removed from comics it's yes been, it's been a long time it's um sadly it's been even a while for me sadly yeah. <laughs> But um, but yeah, I'm liking the episode. The show so far. Yep. And Wednesday's oh. such a weird way, weird day to release it, but but the, but one thing, um, hang what was the name? Loki is who? <laughs> DB Cooper. Oh yeah, that was that was a nice touch. Yeah. Yeah. When, like, when I heard that, like, it's like what Thor and Hyndale had a bet. <laughs> <laughs> so I lost. So I had to do. Like okay, that was slick. That was slick. Because the entire time I was having like, was he pulling the DB Cooper some nonsense? <laughs> it's, and I was like, no, that was just exactly who it was supposed to. Be. I was like, that's hilarious. and so random. <laughs> so such random yeah. thing. Oh, but I love it. Yeah. Uh, there's a great. It, 
there's a great documentary about uh, who is D.B. Cooper. Mm-hmm. And I forgot the name of it. It's, it might be just who is D.B. Cooper. It's it's really good. I If you can find it, I don't even remember how I watched it, to be honest. Because there's way too many different streaming platforms and, you know, main documentaries. It's hard yeah. to keep track. If I can think of it. If I find it, I'll get back to you guys. And, and uh talk about it but it's it's actually really fascinating because i didn't know anything about it yeah um, slightly before my time but not by much <laughs> um but yeah still that was pretty entertaining but yeah no that was hilarious i thought that was that was a good touch in the in the show so i'm curious what else so like, of course he is that makes perfect sense <laughs> right well and i like I, I liked your meme that you had posted earlier was was the <laughs> You're the variant. <laughs> and, or is it, you're the variant, and it shows Mad Damon dresses Loki. I thought that was hilarious. Uh, that was pretty good. That was that was smart thing on somebody's part. Oh, goodness. All right. Ready to get into our feature for this week? Sure. Sure. Okay. Sure. Um, I want to first say I'm very proud of you, my friend. You stepped out of your comfort zone yet again, a second oh. time. This time, I didn't even have to force you. <laughs> no, so I was like, you know, this might this may come up later, so I'd rather go ahead and have it done. <laughs> I want to do this until before. I want to do this before he makes me do it during Halloween. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but thankfully, this is not a horror movie. No, no, or, not or by an unintentional horror movie. Right. No, not by any means. Uh, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, for those that don't know, uh, hello, last Halloween I made uh, Patrick watch, I want to use the air quotes, musical uh, abomination. There we go. We, we can't say that was that one. The musical abomination cats. And, uh, and I still don't think he's let me live that down from for that. And that's okay. I don't know what he's talking about because I've now seen it twice. <laughs> so, um, anyways. <laughs> As a good palate cleanser and such a joy to watch, we uh, we watched In the Heights, which came out this past Friday, June 11th, on HBO Max, also out in theaters. Um, we chose yeah. to watch it at the house for family movie night. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, Grace and the six and a half year old, we told her she needed to eat her dinner before she did any kind of dancing. And if she was going to do that, she'd have to do it behind everybody so that everybody else watching the movie could enjoy it. Yeah. I feel like that's something I'm going to end up saying to her in the movie theater one day. <laughs> she got too used to watching movies at home, man. Um, so In the Heights is a film or film version of the Broadway musical in which Yusnavi, a sympathetic New York bodega owner, saves every penny every day as he imagines and sings about a better life returning to his homeland of the Dominican Republic. Also starring, or I mean, starring Anthony Ramos as Yusnavi, uh, Corey Hawkins as Benny, Leslie Grace as Nina Rosario, Melissa Barrera as Vanessa, Olga Meredith as Abuela Claudia, Jimmy Smith as Kevin Rosario, I can't roll my R's today for some reason. Given oh, Rosario, there we go. And Gregory Diaz the fourth as Sonny. 
And uh, yeah, also starring Stephanie uh, Beatrice from or from uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. So I was I was like I was like oh my god that's Rosa. <laughs> it was very I was I was happy to see that. Uh, Asia Polanco from Orange is the New Black. Uh, I don't know if you I don't know if you recognized her or not. <clears throat> no, I did not. Yeah. Also, oh, yeah, as soon as Mark I saw Anthony her, I was like, Morgan. "Oh, all right then." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mark, Mark, Mark Anthony more or less just made a cameo. He looked rough. Yeah. I mean, I know he's probably supposed to, but oof, yeah, buddy, bro, you've you've come a long way. From oh, the yeah. Wrong side of the hill. Um, and then more or less, uh, men. Lynn Manuel Miranda as Pierre Guerrero. More or less a cameo almost, really. Like one yeah. song and then he's done. Shows up at one other spot for a blip and that was it. For a blip and that was it. Oh. Um based on his musical, directed by John M. Chu, who with credits such as Step Up 3, my favorite still. And you could see a lot of those elements being played out in this film, which made me happy. And uh, as well as G.I. Joe Retaliation, which we don't talk about, and I don't think he does either. And <laughs> and also Crazy Rich, Crazy Rich Asians. So I still need to watch that. Yeah, uh, Ruth watched it for the like, second time. Uh, Aquafina is amazing. Just FYI. Henry Goldman, who plays Nick Eyes in the new movie, also in this film. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> yeah. I digress. So, Patrick, thoughts? I mean, musicals are still not my thing. Yes. But <clears throat> I did enjoy the music. I feel like the cast did did well as far as their performance and their singing and their their, I guess um, there was a lot of like spoken word was it's in here as well. Of, it's uh, a lot of what um, when Manuel Miranda and his team. So remember, I talked about the uh, documentary. Um, we are. What I'm going to forget it already. Uh, anyways, their their troop. I didn't mm-hmm. talk about the the Hulu documentary. I'm gonna have to look it up again. This there's a lot of characters that are in that troupe, and Anthony Ramos is one of those characters. We are true love supreme. That's what it is. Good God, how did I remember? Um, and Anthony Ramos and a couple of the other characters, or a couple of the other people from that group, that a lot of they did was spoken word type stuff, and then he just ended up writing them. In the Pride Union Heights, and then um, as well as uh, he wrote In the Heights, and then he wrote Hamilton, and then all that, and they, you know, all contributed and building off of that sort of sort of spoken word rap style uh, yeah. performance. So yeah, so that's a lot of where that comes from. It's from the early days of doing that. I mean, it kind of remi- kind of reminded me when I was watching uh, Chirac because mm-hmm. that was that was mostly spoken word, wasn't a lot of singers, mostly rap. But right. um, it reminded me. I, I thought of that when I was watching. Yeah. Um, so 
Then, you know, the choreography, the dancing, it's pretty oh tight. Oh, my God. It was amazing. So, but um, I did appreciate the little moments of dialogue in it. Yes. Because I was like, thank you. <laughs> There's yeah. something I could just sit and just listen. Right. And, and just watch. So, and just yeah. Watch so was, yeah. So I was cool with that. But it's like, I don't know what it is. Just about the singing. And like, <laughs> if, if, if I was sitting and watching this as a play, I would have no problem with it. It's just with it being in a movie. I don't know. Just it just. <laughs> I don't know. So if you guys, if anybody follows um, John Chu's uh, Instagram, he was posting videos from like him walking into walking into screenings of people watching it. Mm-hmm. Bro, they were being rowdy as hell up in there, like just yeah. singing, just and going, getting into it. Oh my god, so into it. Yeah, and just you know cheering and just oh yeah, it's like. Yeah, yeah, just during all of that, and it was it was electrifying to watch just the videos of other people watching it. Yeah, getting into it just gave me gave me all the good feels because you know just one it shows people going back to theaters, going back to the movies. Yeah, and just the pure unadulterated enjoyment of just sitting in a theater and just letting a movie just take hold of you, and just you know it showing just how much you've really missed connecting with others and then just feeding off of their energy. And it just, uh, like I'm, I'm legit getting goosebumps, getting uh, goosebumps talking about it. Like, yeah. uh, not even joking. It, <clears throat> it's kind I of believe silly, you. but it's I true. Believe you. Yeah. It's kind of silly, but it's true. It was just, uh, it's, I mean, the movie does positive. have, a, it does good have good energy to it. You know, I, I give it yeah. that like, like there's, I can't like anything I say is not anything against the movie. Right, right. Itself, no, it's just, I definitely would recommend yeah. people to watch it. Even if you're not a fan of musicals, you'll at least enjoy the songs and the music playing, the dancing. Um, it's just that's you know, for me it's just Right. No, no, I get yeah. it. And then but I'll say it toward the end, it starts pulling the Pixar and then it tugs on the feels and I'm like, Yeah. I I'll literally sitting there like, Don't you dare. <laughs> Don't you dare. <laughs> And then it's like, ah, they did it. <laughs> so, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it all right. Cool. I well, mean, not cool, but cool. Right. <laughs> well, so no, not only does it have an outstanding, you know, soundtrack and everything, but it has a great social commentary. Yeah. It really, fo- it really delves in deep into the hardworking class people of that neighborhood of Washington, not Washington, Washington. There's an E at the end. (laughs) Washington. Um, And how some of those people have three jobs, have, you know, just to pay the bills. How uh, Yusnavi's cousin has to be paid cash because he's undocumented. And even his cousin doesn't know he's undocumented until his dad says something yeah. you know it's and you know and then just there's a couple of scenes where it is it focuses on that and how he's just trying to you know as a teenager just trying to build a good you know uh he's just trying to contribute by having a job by working and being a productive citizen you know it's not his fault that he was brought here and you know when he was young and everything yeah. And he's just wanting, he loves, you know, he loves this country and is trying to be a productive member by having a job and working hard and, you know, moving on 
and you know focusing on his dreams. This movie does, you know, central focus is young people trying to follow their dreams. And then Jimmy Smith's character as the father owning a cab company and doing whatever he can to help his daughter go to college and pursue her dreams. And then you saw Yusnavi's love interest wanting to move so she can move closer to downtown so she can have her own fashion studio so she can try and sell her sell her garments and then focus on her dreams. And then Yusnavi's dream is to because he had lost his father mm-hmm. and the happiest times for him was when he lived back in the Dominican. And even though it had it been twenty something years, he's his entire goal was to his dream was to, you know, make enough money to where he could move back. And he's yeah. just not able to get there, but it's you know, focusing on everyone's dreams and the pursuit of those dreams. And, but as well as the social commentary about immigration and and uh, you know and people just trying you know, trying to be tolerant in the fact that they everybody has a dream and we should do what we can to help you know we should want people to pursue their dream and try and make the best of it but you know but also focus on the struggles that it takes right. to make those dreams come true. So it's so I really love the story for that aspect too, and just showing that side, and that it's not just some musical, you know. Because I've seen quite a few with us, my mom being a theater major, you know. Uh, so I've been raised on musicals my entire life, and I've talked about this before. I've talked about it with her on this podcast. It, this one's different, not only just in the style that the music, is, you know, the way they do the music with the. Not just traditional singing, but also with the rapping and spoken word and whatnot. And so I really enjoyed the delivery, how they did it. I freaking the choreography kind of blew my mind. I just I was just trying to soak that in. I'm not gonna I'm gonna have to rewatch it again just to see how that play. You know, just to catch all the different nuances and how they did things. Because when you are in an alley and you have a hundred people dancing. It's uh, you just have like a hundred people dancing. It's crazy and trying to get all that choreography just to sync up. You know, there's got to be a ton of practice that has to be involved. In that, between that and then also the pool scene, the pool scene too. Also, there's just so. So when they were in the pool scene, there, there's several times i was like you know john chu really likes filming dance choreography with water because all i thought of was my favorite scene from step up three in which they're doing a competition then moose shows up late and on his bike and then ends up kicking a sprinkler head and then the water shoots up and then they uh you know they dance and outperform uh to mad cons uh Madcon's Begging, which is still my favorite one out of any of the series. Yeah. And so, and you know, I'm like, just waiting for this to pop off, you know, just waiting for it to happen. But no, they just, you know, <laughs> and that was the other thing, too, was when they were at the pool, you know, they're singing that 96,000 song. And so I was at the pool today, I looked at Ruth, I go, 96,000? And then just, dollars? 
96,000. And then I'm like, yeah, nobody here is going to be, nobody here is going to even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> They're not those kind of people. <laughs> They're, we're, we're not at a pool with those kind of people. That's all right. Though. So, you know, apparently uh, Jimmy Smith was a uh, early supporter of, of, the, um, of In the Heights when it was off-Broadway before the musical was adapted to the screen. When he was asked to do the voiceover for the TV uh, advertisement, he wouldn't accept payment, but he just wanted some house seats for Broadway. <laughs> yeah, it seems like he needs to do that. The, uh, the hold music that plays when Kevin is on the phone is a version of King George's Melody in Hamilton, another musical from Winman Will Malrenda. Christopher Jackson, who originated the role of Benny on Broadway and has appeared in almost every musical by Lin-Manuel Miranda, appears as the ice cream truck owner who the Paragua uh, guy, played by Miranda, tries to sell. I had a William moment in that part. I went, oh, oh. I was, yeah. I was like, it's Washington. And Ruth goes, Jefferson. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> I think it's Washington. You might have played both. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I, it it was a uh, yeah, that was pretty funny. So the filming for In the Heights con, uh, coincided with the filming for Steven Spielberg's remake of West Side Story, with the two often filming a few streets apart from each other. Director John M. Chu claimed that their sets were so close at one point that the catering truck for Spielberg's film was in their shots. <laughs> uh, at one point, one Manuel Miranda, who had done Spanish translations for the 2009 revival of West Side Story, snuck over to their set, getting a glimpse of the filming for the song Maria. So, yeah. Filming for the pool scene was originally scheduled for two days, but had to be filmed over the course three days due to undesirable weather conditions. The scene was supposed to emulate the hottest day of the year in, in the heights, but with but it was actually raining with thunder and lightning causing delays. For a times, production had to stop and clear out uh, all cast and background actors from the pool for safety reasons. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed this movie. Basically, everybody in the family did. Grayson ended up going to bed early because, well, I say early, but she ended up going to bed before the film was over because she was tired. And York fell asleep with not even 10 minutes left in the movie. Dang. Like, yeah. He's, I mean, he was still in the living room. He didn't go to his room. He was just, he was watching, he was watching, and there was like 10 minutes left, and then she, he was out. I was like, oh, buddy. <laughs> it's like, oh, buddy. And oh, so I gave, him a cliff, I gave him the Cliff Notes version of what happened. <laughs> of what he missed. Uh, such a good movie. Such a fun movie. Definitely very... It's very rewatchable, in my opinion. So, um, if you get a chance to watch In the Heights, please... Please take the opportunity to do it. If you get a chance to see it in theater, I definitely recommend it. We didn't get to go see it in the theater just because it was of the timing with Grayson's dance practices and whatnot. And then uh, trying to... Be sure everybody gets home, eats dinner, and then watches a movie. Actually, the only other movie I have for this week, I will talk uh, 
here towards the end. I've, I ended up watching the entire Annabelle trilogy. I'll talk about that a little bit later. Because I'm not going to talk about each one. I'll just kind of give us some, my thoughts on the three of them. Um, but I ended up... I can't remember remember if it was on my list. But it's definitely one that I, uh, I think kind of secretly added to my list. And that movie is The Great Race. With Tony Curtis playing The Great Leslie. Natalie Wood playing Maggie Dubois. Jack Lemmon, almost rec- unrecognizable, as Professor Fett. Your fuck as Maximilian Mean. And Keenan Wynn as Hezekiah Sturdy. This movie uh, came, out, came out 1965. It is two hours and 40 minutes long. But mind you, it's 1965. There, there is an overture that's almost eight minutes. <laughs> there is an intermission, which I think is about four or five. It's probably at least five or ten. So right there, you're you're talking about almost 15 to 20 minutes of this movie. That's not really even a movie. It's just breaks, more or less, and waiting on people to get in their seats. So. Uh, so actual runtime is probably about two and a half hours, which still for 1965 is not exactly a, you know, it's still a pretty long movie for that time period. So in the early 20th century, two rivals, the heroic Leslie and the despicable Professor Fate, engage in an epic automobile race from New York to Paris. This movie is a perfect family movie, except for the fact that it, except for the runtime, because you have to always factor in the runtime of the film as to whether or not you really want to show it to your family. Now, with that being said, it's not saying you can't break it up like you can't like make it episodic. You just have to find the right spot to kind of break it up. But this movie is made for families to watch. So much fun and so ridiculous. It is definitely not grounded in any sort of reality. It's very fantastical. And it's just a whole lot of fun. It's just about the uh, Tony Curtis's character basically plays a guy that's trying to break all kinds of records. Like at the very beginning of the movie, it's him being lifted up in a hot air balloon upside down in a straitjacket and he has to try and get out of it. And Jack Lemmon's character and his sidekick with uh, played by Peter Falk you know, basically have like this rocket. They're in like a bush, a moving bush, you know, just see him moving across the grass. And then they, they get out and they aim the rocket uh, at the hot air balloon. They shoot it, and it goes straight through the hot air balloon, causing it to descend. You know, Tony Curtis gets out of his straitjacket, climbs up, grabs the back, grabs the uh, parachute that was in the little basket of the hot air balloon, jumps out, you know, and then the hot air balloon ends up landing on on uh, Jack Lemmon and Peter Falk. So it's that kind of just silliness. Yeah. It's very, very cartoonish. 
but it's a live action cartoon if you think about it that way. And so then Jack Lemmon, or uh, excuse me, Tony Curtis, his character, the great Leslie, decides that he wants to have this great race where he challenges various different people on this great, huge race. And they're like, well, it's already been done. Like Albany to New York, Chicago to Cleveland. He says, I want to do one from New York to Paris. And so it is. And of course, Jack Lemmon's like, well, I'm going to be a part of this race so I could basically better him. It's like, we're going to have the best car. And, you know, it goes up and down. It has like this cone thing that heats up. So whenever they go through a snowstorm, it'll melt the snow and the ice. But they can't get through it. So they. Basically, all of their plans end up going awry. And everything goes smoothly for the great Leslie for a while. Natalie Wood's character is trying to just wants to cover the story. There's a lot of separate uh, material in this film about, you know, uh, emancipating women and, you know, giving them their freedom. And there's a lot of, like, like a lot of feminism that's just exuding from this film, which I'm all for and I thought was awesome, but at the same time kind of felt was out of place. Now, going on with, with what was going on in the time period, um, I get it, but it seems like the way that it was presented also seemed like it was a little more progressive, even for that. So I felt it was kind of a little bit out of place, but again, not against it. But I felt that our male characters were a little bit too much. <laughs> but there's nobody really on their side. It was only the other women that were on their side. So, I don't know. It was kind of a weird thing to put in a movie that was so cartoonish. I guess is a good way to put it. Like, because they put that kind of suffragette stuff, women's right to vote and all that stuff. They put that in Mary Poppins as well, which came around around came out around the same time. But it was such a small part of what the movie was that it didn't really seem as out of place. However, in this one, it's it's a much more side plot to the film that it just seemed like it was it didn't seem like it really fit with the universe in which this movie was in. If that makes sense. Okay. You know, because it's so cartoonish with these antics that are going on and with everything else going on. It just I don't know. It seemed a little for something so grounded, it seemed a little bit out of place, but it did not take me out of the movie. It just I thought was odd as far as where they were going with it within this universe. That was just so ridiculous, I guess is a good place to put good way to put it. The movie's a lot of fun. I absolutely loved it. I would totally watch it again. Uh, the kids watched about half of it with me this morning, uh, and we played while we played Yahtzee and stuff. But it, uh, but they 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 seem to like a lot of it. There's a huge, huge pie fight, which I don't know if that's where they got it for Blazing Saddles. <laughs> Get your pies for the great pie fight. Um, but there's a huge pie fight in this. So some trivia also about a. Because I had to look this up because I was like, I want, I was like, this seems an awful lot like Wacky Racers. I wonder when Wacky Racers came out. So, turns out, 
The cartoon had many uh, regular characters with 23... Wait, hold on. Scroll back. Black Erasers is an American animated television series produced by Hanna-Barbera Productions. The series features 11 different car racers, cars racing against each other in various road rallies throughout North America, with all of the drivers hoping to win the title of the world's wackiest racer. The show was inspired by the 1965 comedy film, The Great Race. Dun, dun, dun. There we go. So, uh, one of the... So, uh, so like, Dick Dastardly is based off of Jack Lemmon's character, Professor Fate. Peter Falk's character, Maximilian Mean, is Muttley. And uh, Natalie Wood's character, Maggie Dubois, inspired the uh, Penelope Pitstop. So, there's a lot of similarities because they just really love the film and decide they make a cartoon out of it. So... I thought that was pretty interesting. Now, uh, it was directed by Blake Edwards, and anybody that knows Blake Edwards knows he directed Pink Panther movie. So, and amongst some other great comedies. This movie is a lot of fun and a great watch for anybody of any age. But just understand that the runtime's almost twice as long as a kid's movie, you know, or if, even a family movie probably yeah. would. So... Kind of keep that in mind. If you want to break it up, you can break it up. But it's if you haven't watched it, I definitely would. Um, it was I watched it on Turner Classic Movies, so I know the library has it, and yeah, I think you can get it fairly cheap on iTunes even. So that is my second one, The Great Race, and I want to double check my list. I think it's on there, and I'm going to check that one off. So. <clears throat> Took a chance and uh, decided to check out Cruella. Okay, man. Awesome. I was very uh, excited when you sent me that text. I'm like, really? I'm like, all right, man. Yeah. Take that dive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> impossibly um, one for the team. <laughs> say that again. <laughs> That's an impossibly one for the team. <laughs> Maybe. So it was originally released May 28th of 2021 runtime of two hours and 14 minutes uh directed by craig gillespie now the budget for this was 100 to 200 million um initially when i looked at the box office it was 88.2 million but uh, as far as today it's brought in 129.3 so still got a ways to go but you know not too bad uh, starring Emma Stone, <clears throat> Emma Thompson, nice, uh, Joel Fry, um, <clears throat> Paul Walter Hauser, love him, Emily Beecham, Kirby. Can't read my darn handwriting. Oh, <laughs> Kirby Howell, Kirby Howell Baptiste, look like a R. <laughs> uh, Mark Strong and uh. John McCree. Love so this is basically a live-action prequel feature film following a young Cruella DeVille. So it's, it starts off with, of course, well, first of all, her name, her birth name, first name is Estella. 
Okay. So, but she's born. So she, but she's born with her signature hair color split down the middle, black and white skunk color. Gotcha. And um, so her mom's rolling her in the crib, and a lady walks by and looks at her. She's like, "Oh, that's that's unfortunate," or something snarky. Right. Like so, even as a baby, like she's not. She looked at oddly. Yeah. Um, but she has this nasty attitude that pops out sometimes that her mom gives her the nickname Cruella. Gotcha. And that's how she gets that. So she's going to school and first day of school, her mom's like, okay, Stella, what do we say if Cruella decides to show up? You know, basically just, you know, don't be Cruella. Just be as nice as you you can get along with everyone. But of course, you know, the, the students pick on her. So she has no choice, but to, you know, be basically just be Cruella, just be cruel. So she constantly stays in trouble to the point that the principal is ready to kick her out of school. And in this scene, right as the principal is about to say she's expelled, the mom tells her she's going to withdraw her. And so now they're forced to re uh, relocate because there's no school that she can attend. And <clears throat> so her mom makes a stop at this very nice, I guess, um, well, it's really this really nice castle-like area. Yeah. And uh, she tells Estella that she needs to go stop and talk to the friend because since they're having to relocate, this friend can help them out financially so they can get their start. And so she tells her to stay in the car, which, of course, she doesn't because she's really interested in fashion. And she sees all the dresses that the women are wearing and she's curious. So she goes into the party that's going on and her dog gets free. The I guess the valet or the butler sees her. And and um, but she breaks free. The dog's free. The the house is um, Baron, with played by Emma Thompson. It's uh, Baroness von Hellman. And so, but her she's got three Dalmatians. These are not the cute Dalmatians that you see in the Hundred One Dalmatians. These are vicious Dalmatians, and they proceed to chase Estella and her dog Buddy, to the point that Estella runs outside into the courtyard area. She sees her mom talking to someone. But she yells out, trips, falls. And then the dogs that are chasing her jump over her and proceed to push her mother over a cliff into the ocean, thusly killing her. So the woman she's talking to, who happens to be the Baroness, is telling everyone that this woman has tried to, you know, come in and um, hoard money from her, was being a menace or whatever. It's unfortunate what happened to her, but while she was here, she was trying to steal money from me. So Stella runs happens to jump in a, a, a trash truck that just happened to roll by makes her way to london and that's when she meets two for two people that eventually become her henchmen in uh jasper and horace and they add her to their little thievery scheme where they go around you know stealing they steal from hotels just any place that they can take stuff from that's what they're basically doing but it gets to the point that because her hair is so unique, she decides to dye it red. And this is her as a kid. Fast forward to her being, let's see, she's technically 12. So I guess they fast forward about 10 years. She's like in her early 20s. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> so they're still doing the same scheme, still in. And you know, they got a nice, nice place for themselves that they've, that they've used uh, I guess their findings to help furnish and profit from and whatnot. But um, she gets a job in a little 
the uh, department store. Ends up getting fired from that because, you know, she's got such a lovely personality. Yeah. Uh, but but this leads her to be to working with the Baroness and um, as a fashion, like the help with fashion, because the Baron, Baroness deals with fashion. And of course, that's what she wants to do. Um, so that's basically what she's doing. Um, at one point. She basically becomes her assistant, but at one point she notices a necklace that she's wearing is the same necklace that her mom's wearing. And so she's like, okay, we got to have a scheme to try to steal that back. Right. That <laughs> belongs to me. And, um, but in the process of this, she decides to bring back her Cruella, Cruella character, arrives to the party and pretty much upstages the Baroness. Her dress is, you know, much much better but it's like it was a cool scene because she came in she's wearing like this normal kind of white dress but then she lights it on fire and it burns away and it's this fiery red dress that she that she had seen in a uh designer store in the town but uh and then she wears a mask so that way they can't recognize her and she's got her signature hair out but um I'm, I, I don't want to spoil too much from it, but okay. I didn't. I did enjoy the movie. I enjoyed it. Like I didn't. I, I wasn't expecting to, but um, I was pleasantly surprised. It was lighthearted, funny. Um, I have a feeling it kind of left it open for a sequel because, you know, there was a scene where she's wearing a jacket that has Dalmatian patterns on it. That leads you to think that she, you know, killed some dogs and made a jacket out of it. But she just basically just used the design of a Dalmatian spots and made a jacket. She didn't actually kill him. So she's not, she doesn't hate Dalmatians right now. So I feel like the second movie will kind of reveal what happens that causes her to have such a hatred for them. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's another connection that gets revealed and you kind of understand why her personality is the way it is. Um, but um, I, mean, I enjoyed it. Like it, it was, <clears throat> it was entertaining. But like you know, even the runtime's a little over two hours, but didn't I didn't feel bogged down or anything. It kept me interested, and um, I'm actually okay with taking this plunge. <laughs> so, answer my one question I have about this movie. Every time, every single time I see a commercial and trailer for this, I have one simple question. Who is this movie for? Because it's obviously not a kids movie. Yeah. No, it's PG thirteen. Right. <laughs> it's PG thirteen. Uh, I mean, it's not really language. That's weird because I don't, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't right. say it's a family movie. It's not right. Exactly. But um, it's more like a a grown adult take on this character. I mean, like the first twenty or thirty minutes of it, maybe. But after that, it's I don't I wouldn't it wouldn't be something that you know young kids could really watch. Um, yeah, I don't know if I have the answer to that about who's it for. Maybe so like maybe like maybe teenagers like, that are interested in like, fashion. Okay, yeah. like your like basically your daughter's age. Yeah, like tweens. I'd, I'd say tweens and teens, or you know, tweens and teens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
because I mean, you know, she she's heavily in the fashion and it focuses on that. And uh, that's like even uh, I think it, Horse or Jas- Jasper gets her the job initially that leads her to be in front of the Baroness who there's a display in front of the store that she's working on that she doesn't like. And yeah. she stays in after it's closed. She gets drunk and then just goes crazy with the design and falls asleep. So the next morning, the boss finds her and is ready to fire her. But when the Baroness shows up, she's impressed by what she did with the display. It's like, that's the best that display has looked since ever. Right. So she has her assistant pass her a card and says, you know, come work for me. And but yeah. I don't know. I just think I don't I don't I, don't, I really don't know who it would be targeted to. <laughs> I, I mean the only thing I get now having not seen it yet, but it sounds like you're trying to make a good case for me to go watch it. Um it's not, myself. It's, it's not gonna be for my kids, obviously. <laughs> yeah. But I mean I think it's one to wait till it till it's available on Disney Plus. I wouldn't make it make a special trip to check it out just yet. Yeah. But if you're interested, you know, it's in the theater, matinee. Yeah. And if you like Emma Stone, so or yeah. And I'm always And I'm always on the fence with her cuz I really think it's like hit or miss. Yeah. Like I don't think she's a bad actress. I just think the roles she takes are not always suited for her. Does that make sense? Like again, I don't think she's a bad actress. I just don't think some of the I just think that some of her choices aren't great for her, not suited for her, I guess. Um, but I do enjoy her. Like I do like her as an actress. And I think she's had some amazing roles. The favorites, one of my well, favorites of hers, as well as obviously La La Land and some others, but sometimes I'm like I don't know if you should be in this movie because I don't think it suits your talents. There we go. Like what she does well at. Yeah. And I mean, I like, yeah. I like the yeah, scene. No knock on her. It's just sometimes yeah. I think she gets put in movies that could be better suited for somebody else. But I think that a lot for Jessica, Jessica Chastain too, though. Yeah. I think she gets put in a lot of movies that I'm like, uh, this seems like it's not really focusing on your strong suits, but here you are, and I'm still going to watch it anyways because <laughs> you're a great actress. But here we are. Um, and I think in the scenes with her as Cruella playing off of Emma Thompson, Baroness, I think those scenes are pretty pretty well done and. I mean, there's something, there's a connection with those two that you'll find out later in the movie. Gotcha. And, um, but I like their scenes together. And then Paul Walter Hauser, he's funny. Like, he's amazing. You know, he's amazing. Actor. And, they, and the thing is, like, they're always, any place that they go, they're always trying to find an angle to steal something. So even when she gets the yeah. job at the first designer store, he's like, okay, what's the angle? Right. And she said, no. It's not an angle. This is just her dream to be a fashion designer. So I helped you get the job. And he's like, okay. Angle is. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what, what's the angle? And then something happens and he's like, ah, so that's the angle. And then the same thing happens again. He's like, okay, we have found the angle for this as well. So it, it's some good, some good timing on the comedy in this also. But, you know, 
I enjoyed it. Yes. <laughs> I wasn't okay. expecting to. <laughs> I, wasn't I, might, to. I might be tempted to go check it out. I might be tempted to go check it out. So, real briefly, I'll... After last week, and we... We kind of... We talked about, obviously, the conjuring the devil made me do it, or the kids made me do it, whatever. Whatever you want to call it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we talked about which Annabelle movies and movies in the Conjuring universe we haven't watched. Yeah, I took it involved myself to go and watch what I refer to as the Annabelle trilogy because it's what it is. It's the three Annabelle movies. Yeah, I have not. I hadn't. I had not at that time watched any of them, just because. I mean, they're really not creepy doll movies. Aren't really my thing. And it's not something I feel like I'm really going to enjoy too much. But I'll be honest, I actually kind of enjoy these. <laughs> because they're so, they're kind of, I don't know, I don't think they're meant to be taken somewhat humorous. But yet I cannot help myself from laughing at parts of this movie, of these movies. Because it's yeah. so ridiculous because the movie is about a creepy doll. pretty Or what we refer to in our house as a creepy doll and we've got a couple of creepy dolls in our house and (laughs) one of which is not uh one of which is actually an annabelle pop figure that grayson got me for my birthday last year which i love and cherish and think is the most amazing thing ever because she picked it out because it's so ridiculous and kind of like where would you think to get this it's a creepy doll. Daddy would like it. <laughs> I don't think so, but I love it because you got it for me and because it's just so random. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The other one she got at a garage sale that she picked out, and it's totes when those kind of dolls you would look at and go, oh, that thing's haunted for sure. Yeah. So that's somewhere in our house, hopefully still up in her room and not, <laughs> not in here in the playroom, not behind me. And I can't see it, so if you don't hear from me tomorrow, you know why. Um, anyways, so I watched, I was watching one of them, watched first Annabelle, and I was like, all right, I kind of like this. And then I went down the horrible rabbit hole <laughs> of looking up Annabelle memes, because I was trying to find the one of where I thought was fictitious and thought, okay. There, I remember seeing this picture of Annabelle, and it turns out the real, you know, and they were trying to make a joke that Annabelle looked like a Raggedy Ann doll, until I realized it wasn't a meme. That's literally what the original Annabelle is. It's a Raggedy Ann doll named Annabelle, and it's cursed, and they legit have it locked up in a glass cupboard like that. They just took a doll and made it creepier for the movie for effect. Because otherwise, everybody's just going to be freaking laughing that a Raggedy Ann doll is cursed. And then you're supposed to be terrified of it. Personally, I think if it was a Raggedy Ann doll, after the initial kind of laughter from it, I think I'd probably be more terrified because it is smiling at you the entire time. Right. But that's just me. But this creepy-ass doll works just as good. (laughs) And... I actually really enjoyed the first one. I liked it because it 
did kind of sync up with uh, some of the other parts of the uh, franchise. Uh, or, sorry, Conjuring Universe. And then, so next I watched Annabelle uh, Creation, I think. And I watched that while <laughs> Grayson was at her dance uh, rehearsal. I always watched part of it and watched the other part. Um, later that night, where it's like, you're totally going to have nightmares. I said, nah, I'll be all right. But then at, but at the same time, I'm going, I'm probably going to have nightmares. <laughs> from this. <laughs> That's like, cause I've watched two of these and, and I've watched two of these in less than 24 hours. I'm totally going to probably have some weird ass dreams about it. Yeah. But I was fine. I made it through both. Annabelle creation is okay. It's not my favorite. It's, it's fine. It's a, it's okay. It's okay. It's not. And I'm watching them out of sequence because it, or no, no, I'm not. It does go Annabelle, Annabelle creation, Annabelle comes home. And then that one creation, that's the one with the girls that moved in with the nuns or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Okay. Something like that. Boarding house or something like that. And, yeah. Yeah. And Anthony, uh, Lepaglia from, from uh, Without a Trace, the the OG AC Jones, <laughs> yeah, from the Ninja Turtles movie, the OG Ninja Turtles movie at that, uh, yeah, he was in it, played the father of a graving family, and I like how they were able to connect. You know, you, these movies are kind of silly and ridiculous. But have a lot of good jump scares. They do have, but there is some genius into how they kind of weave timelines and make everything kind of fit just perfectly. They're not kind of you know they're not kind of half-assing it, which is nice. I appreciate that. So it takes a lot of you see where. You see where creation then kind of links back to the first Annabelle movie. Like, oh, okay, cool. And then when you get to Annabelle Comes Home, I didn't realize the Warrens were going to be in it as much as they were. Yeah. I thought it was going to be strictly like some other side movie, like the first, like the first Annabelle in the in creation. Because in the first Annabelle, they just had a cameo at the very end. Yeah. I thought it was going to be kind of like that. And they weren't in creation at all. And then Annabelle comes home. I thought, okay, for sure they're gonna just have some sort of came. No, they're like in most of this movie. And the girl that plays, um, oh Lord, I'm already gonna blank. Uh, the girl that plays Bethany in the newer Jumanji movies, and she's in Annabelle comes home, and it's she does really well. I don't understand. I kind of understand what's going on. I understand that none of these Annabelle movies are based in any sort of not based on true stories like the other Conjuring movies are. These are just they the original Annabelle story and then we're just going to run from there and make our own from that. Yeah. Perfectly fine. I'm cool with that. But the fact that they took that and then still put a twist with Annabelle comes home. It just kind of took me out a little bit, but it's it's an okay movie. I like I, again. I just like 
how they were able to fit everything in between the other two previous movies and make them all tie together and then fit into this Conjuring universe. So all in all, I didn't dislike it. It is my kind of scary movie where it's more thriller and West, you know, just brutal deaths and stuff like that. That's not really kind of my thing. I I prefer the this style where it's more scary and just thriller type. The unknown is more scarier than what's being shown. So I'm gonna put that on a shirt too. The unknown scarier than what's being shown. <laughs> Make it rhyme and everything. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, anyways, that's my thoughts on the Annabelle series, which then also completes the uh, con- me getting caught up on the Conjuring universe. Which I am still a fan. Yeah. I still need to watch the first Annabelle and then La Lorna. Because I did watch The Nun. So. Yeah. So I had three left and now I got two. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, li- I like the movies. I yeah, mean, not bad. They're, they, uh, they serve the fans. I mean, it's fan service for sure. And, yeah. you know, with, and they do try different things in each one, which is. I appreciate. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, as far as Annabelle, doll, you know, you get like a little origin story for that, like how this doll came yeah. to be in Warren's cabinet. And then second one is like another adventure for Annabelle. <laughs> and then the third one is <laughs> why <laughs> Annabelle goes monster. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, it shows why the, the Warrens are always telling the daughter, do not go in this room. Do not mess with this stuff. Stay out. And then you see consequences of... Oddly enough, babysitters. <laughs> yeah, right. God damn it. That, 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 that's a factor that if you left out, it wouldn't happen. <laughs> but yeah. Exactly. Uh, All right. <clears throat> My, okay, the final movie for me, I checked out Wrath of Man. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, stay them, right? Sir. Um... Was released May seventh, originally twenty twenty one. Runtime of an uh, hour and fifty nine minutes. Directed by Guy Ritchie, and it's starring Jason Statham. He plays H. Uh, we got uh, Holt Holt McCallany, <clears throat> who plays Bullet. Oh, I love I love him. He's amazing, amazing character actor. Amazing. His name is Rob Paulson. It's like a like an announcer voice or something. His, yep. His name is Robert Paulson. Yeah. Played the mechanic in Fight Club. Yeah. And yeah. Wade. He played Wade in The Losers. Anyways, I can go on. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, Jeffrey Donovan as uh, Jackson. Love him too. You even had got uh, Josh Hartnett. Oh, look at that. His name is Boy Sweat Dave. Okay, they don't explain okay. how he gets that nickname, but I, I just saw that and I was like, I'm curious about how he got that nickname. I'd like, you know, see like a short, yeah. like how did, how, how did that happen? Right. Um, Scott Eastwood as Jan, which kind of threw me off because, you know, Jan is, <laughs> maybe he's just, maybe, it's, maybe he's maybe John. Maybe it's supposed to be Jan. No, no, it's Jan. Okay. <laughs> That's what they call him, Jan. All right. It, it could be short, you know, it could be short or, you know. Jonathan? I don't know. <laughs> short maybe. <for> Jonathan? <laughs> Anthony? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Weird. Oh, there's Jan and uh, Dean, so you'll be all right. 
Yeah. Um, Yovia Apare plays Brad. Laz Alonzo, uh, Raul Castillo. You had Chris Riley, Ed, Ed Marson. And then you have um, Andy Garcia making an appearance, and Rob Delaney as well plays as, plays the owner of the cash truck company, the uh, money truck company. Okay. Can you tell me who played Moggy in the movie? Played Moggy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to trick me up on this one. I'm not trying that last name. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> anyway, the plot follows H, a cold and mysterious character working at a cash truck company responsible for moving hundreds of millions of dollars around Los Angeles each week. So when the movie starts off, starts off with a robbery of a money truck, and <clears throat> during the process of this robbery. The, the guards inside end up being killed because one of them wants to be a hero and tries to fire on them, which I, I, is just dumb. Dumb, dumb, dumb. But um, fast forward as Patrick Hill, or H, played by Jason Statham, is uh, coming in to be interviewed for a job. This is, like, I think six months or a year after this incident. And um, <clears throat> so he learns that because of this incident that happened, they've increased their gun training to 60 hours. Not sure what it was before, but that's what it is now. And it's weird because he goes through this training, which seems to be like one day, because I don't think they change days. He goes through driving the truck, how to park it right, and you know, backing in, and goes to the uh, gun range shooting. And all he has to do is make sure that he at least passes with 70%. And he just happens to pass with 70% on everything. Must and, be um, nice. Huh, must it be nice. must be nice. <laughs> so I'd always had to pass with 80% or better. Or 85. I can't remember. 80 or 85. Anyways, go ahead. I guess the bar is low here. Yeah, I guess we, so. some, of, some of our employees were killed, so, but still, only 70% accuracy. or yeah. But, um, so... You know, they put him on like a small job just to kind of get used to things, and that's success. Uh, they go out for pool and drinks afterwards. Um, of course, some people, he's the new guy, you know, they always try to have the little um, throwing insults at you and whatnot, but you right. know, H handles it well, and he's able to dish it as, much, as well as they give it to him. So, you know, nobody's able to break him. And, um, but the second day, <clears throat> he goes out, and then there's an attempted robbery on the truck. And, you know, they they comply with them. The driver, the, the robbers are wanting them to drive to a certain location so they can steal the money. And um, but what leads to this is Bullet has gone in to do this money drop but hasn't come back. And so they call on the radio and you hear in the background, like, you know, he's in trouble. So boy, <laughs> boy sweat Dave, this whole point has been like, just macho, all this bravado, just like I'm tough on this and that. Right. He nuts up. He basically nuts up. You know, he's like, oh my God, what do we do? We got to follow protocol. I don't know. We just need to drive. We need to get away. <laughs> and the whole time, Jason Statham's in the passenger seat, just like, well, I mean, if you don't want to be a part of this, just go ahead and get out of the car. Go, go ahead and get out of the truck and leave. And he's like, you know, Bullet is one of us and 
I'm going to save him. You know, I'm going to get him back right. and whatnot. So they follow the instructions, pull the truck, pull the van around. And, you know, so H steps out, starts throwing the money into the truck. And he purposely throws one to the side and like, oh, OK, this dude's being funny. Also, this scene has a cameo from Post Malone. Oh. <laughs> well, no it's a very it's a, it's a very short cameo i'll just say that but it, yeah <laughs> but he proceeds to basically take everyone out it's six okay. six assailants jason statham's h takes everyone out pop 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 like it's nothing and um what you doing <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> none of me i mean he's really he's really stiff in his acting in this movie like really Is it? Like, like you think this would be a lot of action fighting. This is it's a lot. It's a lot more gunplay. It's gunplay. Okay. And, um, but um, you know, he saves the day. He gets praise and whatnot. But they have um, some agents that come out to an interview. I guess they're doing their protocol. Like you know, okay. Yeah. Uh, they're they're basically they're actually doing an investigation on the previous incident, and so they talk to him. And it's like. So everyone's pretty much going with the same story. Nature's like, well, what we told you is exactly what happened. They showed him the video of the incident that happened the year before. And, you know, he's just like, he, he seems bothered. He starts kind of zoning out. You yeah. hear the dialogue kind of fade out. And it's like, there's something about this video that's affecting him in some way. So... The supervisor is saying that usually in incidents like this, well, we, you know, bring you out, put you on the desk job and whatnot. But inner Rob Delaney, who's the owner of the company, says, you know what? You did a great job. Appreciate you what you do. Uh, why don't you take the rest of the day off while me and your ball, me and your supervisor figures out your future, your bright future here for the company. Because, you know, and, you know, that supervisor's worried. But Rob Delaney's like, dude, he saved the money, he saved his partner. We'd had him a year ago. We wouldn't be in the position we're in now. So right. instead of freaking out, you need to be happy. <laughs> you know, we need to keep him here. Attention plan. <laughs> exactly. Um, but um, you know, that's that. And then, like maybe a day or two later, they're out again, and you got another robbery attempt. So H steps out the back. And then it cuts to the boss. It's like, so you're saying they just turned around and left? Like, yeah. So basically, they saw his face, ducked and run. <laughs> so it's kind of letting you know that you know H is probably more than what you think <laughs> or right. what they think. You know, because it's like, you know, even Bullet was like, it's like they just saw a ghost or something. They just hightailed it, got in the van, right? And left. <laughs> so, so. Long story short, what you find not, out... Huh? Not, complete, not complete idiots, then. Right. <laughs> it's like, they see like, him. Yeah, before. no, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, ah, uh, nah. But you kind of learn that this is actually turned into, like, a revenge movie. Um, that Jason Statham's on. You learn what that revenge... What he's taking revenge for. And... And they, you know, it's Guy Ritchie, so you got a lot of different stories that tie together at the end. And they have it broken up in chapters. So a okay, couple of chapters they have. That's nice. 
like a dark spirit, and then another chapter is called "Bad Animals Bad." There's <laughs> <laughs> like there's like two other it's like two other chapters, but but it's kind of broken up like that. So if you're watching it and you want to watch it again, but you want to break it up, it's got yeah. like good little little section okay. where you can put it off. Um, let's see. Let's see what else? Yeah, like yeah, clues are dropped. That Teja H is, you know, isn't exactly who he appears, and that he's got a history of doing something. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I like the movie. I did like. I usually don't watch other people's or read other people's reviews on movies, but for some reason I wanted to read up on this, and it's kind of mixed. What these people were saying, they didn't care for it because of how. Yeah story plays out but I, I like taxi how they did it you know you, you eventually get the full story as to why h is doing what he's doing okay. and yeah it's 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 a nice little puzzle that, that i enjoy you know it's not a normal jason statham doing a lot of fighting and kicking and punching it's more grounded and he's more we're doing gunplay not a lot of gunplay it's not like it's not heavy on action but the action is there i think it's nice that's uh, more drama, and um, yeah, anime. it's cool. Yeah, it's cool. It's more drama than me. Because there was one scene where we were in the pool playing pool, and um, uh, the guy that's trying to just egg him on. It's like you're not really one for talk, huh? I was like, no, I don't have a problem talking. I just don't want to talk to you. <laughs> He's like, he pulls like, out some money. You, you're like, I'm stealing that line. Yeah, yeah. Pulls That's, out some money. It's like, let me buy you a drink, and you know, but just make sure you drink it over there. Yeah. I was like, man. Yeah. I mean, there's some, there's some cool little scenes in there. You're like, you're like, I relate to this character too much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's scary. Yeah. yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like I'm writing all this down. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. but I liked it. I mean, it's kind of, you, once you get to a certain point, you kind of figure it out. Like, there was two ways I was going. I was, you know, I was wrong, but I was close to figuring okay. out what I was going for. But uh, that was cool. That was cool. That's yeah. awesome. Well, cool. I'll definitely check it out because I love me a Guy Ritchie movie. Even yeah. if it's not, like, the best Guy Ritchie movie, it still will be better than probably the majority of what's out there. Unless yeah, it's a revolver, that movie was so terrible. God, that's my, that's one of his worst. Been, yeah, I've never yeah. watched that. I keep bitching about it every time we bring up Guy Ritchie or Jason <laughs> Statham because it's also his worst movie too, and that's saying something. Because yeah, yeah. If you want to bore yourself or wonder what in the hell are either one of these, what the hell is Guy Ritchie doing directing this movie, or what the hell is Ray Liotta and and. And uh, Jason Statham doing this movie, go ahead and watch that. It'll uh, it'll definitely have you asking that several times. Uh, yeah, I don't like it. It's it's so trash. Not their best. Not their best day. Yeah, I might check it out just for the sake of just saying I watched it and probably won't watch Completism. it. Completism, right? <laughs> Gotta get yeah. All right, man. Uh, trailers. We've only got two for this week. Uh, tick, tick, boom. Exclamation point. 
On the cusp of his 30th birthday, a promising young theater composer navigates love, friendship, and the pressures of life as an artist in New York City. I find, find this hard to do. Directed by Wynn Manuel Miranda and written by Jonathan Larson, who actually wrote the, uh, who created Rent, the musical, starring Andrew Garfield, Bradley Whitford, Vanessa Hudgens, uh, Alexandra Ship, Judith Light, Joanna Adler, Noah Robbins, Robin DeJesus, and Beth Malone. Currently, it is coming out this fall. Nothing further on that, but the trailer is out. Then next, we have The Eyes of Tammy Faye, because, yeah, (laughs) apparently this story needs to be told. Uh, The Eyes of Tammy Faye is an intimate look at the extraordinary rise, fall, and redemption of televangelist Tammy Faye Baker. Starring Jessica Chastain as Tammy Faye Baker, Vincent D'Onofrio as Jerry Falwell, Andrew Garfield yet again as Jim Baker, Sam Yeager as Roe Messner, Cherry Jones as Rachel, Frederick Lin- Lane-, Lane as Fred Grover, Louis Cancelme uh, as Richard Fletcher, and yeah expect oh here we go expected september 17th 2021 so directed by the kids in the hall alumni michael showalter so that um it says biography drama but if showalter is involved i have a feeling there will at least be a dark comedy aspect to it so I guess we can look forward to that <laughs> when it comes out. Um, not to just so everybody remembers uh, something that didn't make our summer movie list, mainly because didn't see it for releases because it's coming into streaming is Luca Pixar's latest movie coming to Disney plus this Friday, June 18th. So that'll be a good uh, family movie night choice if uh, you choose to do so. And that is all I have for this week. A very eventful week after all. Not not the last movie you're talking about, but uh, you mentioned Rent. Yes. So, fun fact. I own that movie and I have never watched it. (laughs) I don't know what made me me buy it. I'm not sure what made me buy it. Back It was like I bought it around the time it came out on DVD. Rosario Dawson's in it. That's probably why you bought it. It's possible, but I still haven't watched it. <laughs> you're like, you're like, it's like not even the power of Rosario can pull me you're in. Like, you're like, damn. You're like, damn. That might have been it. Yeah. I and to be honest, I've seen the. I have seen the musical. I think we may think uh, York's when York's mom and I were together. I think we bought it cheap because you know you could buy movies at video stores back in the day um not a lot of people still remember those days but i think we bought that movie and i don't think i ever watched it to be honest but i saw the musical and loved the musical thought it was great but yeah uh, yeah that came out in 2005 
Tay Diggs, uh, yeah, Tay Diggs, Wilson, Jermaine, Heredia, Rosario Dawson. Good, that wasn't who was the nation. Uh, Anthony Rapp, who I think was actually part of the rank cast, Jesse L. Martin, uh, Adina Menzel, uh, Tracy Toms, Julia Roth, yeah. And that's pretty much it as far as like Hollywood actors, big Hollywood actors directed by Chris Columbus. That's kind of a weird pick, but it's also 2005. And I think he was right off of Harry Potter on that one. So that might, have been, which makes, which, which, which makes, never mind. Harry Potter was, it was right off of uh, Harry Potter and the prisoner of, of Azkaban. That's still a weird choice for a musical to get Christopher Columbus. That's why not get Ron Howard while you're at it. If he was just there, you know, he just he was the only one willing to take it on. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. That's such an odd choice. Now I kind of want to find it and watch it and see how weird it is. <laughs> I mean, that might be my um, summer challenge. There you go. Dude, if I can find the movie. If I can find the DVD, because <laughs> it, 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 I actually know where it's at. But if I really want to pull pull the thing out, <laughs> that's what she said. What? Yeah, I know. I, I said I went ahead. And, I knew. I knew so, halfway through when I said it. Yeah, I'm gonna say it anyway. Set him up. I'm knocking down, bro. Oh, and uh, oh, before we leave, also, uh, we posted this on our group page and Instagrammed it as well. We wanted to also say uh, congratulations and good luck to past and future guests, two-time guests, I guess I should say. Uh, Trish C., director of uh, The Sleepover, Pitch Perfect 3, Step Up All In, my second favorite Step Up movie. Uh, she is off to go film a new movie starting, actually, uh, when we were messaging each other. Uh, she's leaving Wednesday to go to New York to go film Players is the name of it. It's a romantic comedy starring Liza Koshy, who I think is adorable. She has uh, a YouTube show called um, Liza On Demand, directed by the two directors who directed Josie and the Pussycats. It all comes full circle. And apparently Trish says she's known Liza for a while and watched her grow as an actor and absolutely adores her. Um, but yeah, also starring Kissing Booth star Joel Courtney, uh, joined Gina Rodriguez and Augustus Prue, uh, from I guess he was in Lord of the Rings. So it's uh, and Damon Wayans Jr. is also going to be in it. So Trish has an amazing cast, and the cast has an amazing director. So she's off to go film her next project for Netflix. And I told her good luck uh, for both of us. And that uh, she said she would keep me posted on everything. So awesome on that end. And that, uh, you know, we obviously can't wait to have her back on to talk about this movie. Yes. Indeed. And yeah. So congrats to her on that. And And we wish her the best of luck. Also, uh, former guest Rod Delury 
is going to be filming a movie about West Point, which is his alma mater. And he's actually going to have access to to West Point to film, which is not easy to get. So very fortunate on that. So wish him the best of luck on his next film. So all of this is basically to say I'm glad to think to see things are starting to get back to some sense of normalcy. And the okay. fact that we have people in movies having a out amazing good time watching film and that we have our peeps going out making movies. So very exciting times. So basically keep that up, people. <laughs> yeah. So um I guess with that being said, that's all I got, man. That's all I got. I think I'm gonna try to <clears throat> figure out what's going on with my laptop and might be time to get a new one. I barely had this a year. Mm. It's crazy. What happens when uh, you podcast so hard? <laughs> <laughs> you podcast hard for the pod. Yep. Yeah. Uh. But I mean, it. You know, it is. It it was. I bought it right on time. So it was right around when. Yeah. Pandemic hit and we couldn't yeah. do the traveling, so I had it. Yeah. And I don't know. Maybe it's saying it's time to not do the distant stuff. I don't know. Yep. <laughs> Maybe. I got room, man. <laughs> yeah. well, we shall see, though. I got to right. figure that out. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Cool beans, bro. All right. Well, good luck with that. Um, maybe burn some sage around it. I mean, I'm sure the smoke's not good for the computer either, but you never know. Maybe it'll get the evil spirits out. No work again. Yeah. You don't know. Do some an exorcism on my laptop. Yep. That's what there it you is. go. Yep. Keep the Annabelles away from it. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> uh, those callbacks. <laughs> All right, my friend. Well, I hope you have an amazing week, and I will see you on episode 100, my friend. Yes, we sir. Have, we will finally be there. Yep, yep. Hard to believe, but also not so hard because. Nah. Yeah, you the man. So, all right, for myself, Jeff Hall, and my outstanding co-host, even with or without computer problems, <laughs> Patrick Terry, we will see you guys next week for a very special 100th episode. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed our show and have a moment, please rate and review. It helps us out a lot. Also, recommend us to someone that enjoys movies or also has kids. You can find us on Twitter at PA Movie Podcast and on Instagram at Parental underscore advisory underscore movie underscore pod. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Parental Advisory Movie Podcast, and join in on the fun.